Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Mark. Mm-hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy, they are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores... If you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. It's week 39 of the golfing calendar. And thanks to the team at Ping, he's the former world number 16 and the only bloke in the world to ever beat Tiger Woods twice in match play, Nick O'Hearn. And 15-year tour pro, Mark Allen. This is the biggest Australian golf podcast. Talk birdie to me. Your emotions had to be on such a roller coaster today. Can you put into words exactly what today's been like for you as the captain? I mean, could we have stated any better for Carlotta? In Spain, she plays with so much heart. I walked down the 16 with her and I said, is this how we wanted it? It's all yours. And I couldn't be more proud. I mean, for Carlotta, it's for the the match to bring it home. Unbelievable. I thought we were half a point short half an hour before Carlotta kind of finished 15 and I had to kind of regroup myself, start counting again and yeah, of course it comes down to one match. Uh, I think it's just meant to be. It came down to Carlotta. So that's the voice of Susan Pedersen, the winning captain from the European team as they hang on to the Solheim Cup. Nick, good to see you. Great to see you, Mark. What I tell you what, what it's good, isn't it? What a finish! I love team golf. Team golf's and, the best. <laughs> it's the best. And we also had a bit of live golf going on as well. Another team uh, golf event. Yeah, but that's true I tell as you well. what, it was all about the Solheim Cup because yeah. that shot that Carlotta Segunda, the Spaniard, yeah. hit on sixteen and seventeen. But yeah. that iron shot into seventeen. She's staring it down. Hits it to three feet. And that basically retains the cup for Europe. Just incredible. And just knowing that that was the case, I mean, we just heard from the captain, Susan Pedersen, and she was doing her maths. And about an hour before, she thought they were going to be half a game short Mm. and the US were going to take this trophy back with them. And then the miracle of miracle happens. You know, what was it? It looked like about an eight iron to two and a half feet. That changes absolutely everything. And, you know, after the first... A lot of matches, it was 4-zip to the to the Americans. I mean, they got off to the worst possible start. Blew them out of the water. Blew them out of the water. And I was shocked because I didn't see any of it um, on Saturday night. And all of a sudden, it's back to level pegging with just the singles to play. Mm. Yeah, they slowly pegged them back. That afternoon session on the Friday, they needed to make a statement, the Europeans, because if they even halve it or go down 3-1 in the afternoon, it's almost ball game over. Yeah. And they were they were able to win that afternoon sessions, which was the four balls, where they 
all four players play. The, yeah. the, the foursomes is a tough format. That's yeah. alternate shot. I've played a lot of that in President's Cups, and it's a hard format. Because yeah. you, you so often you're saying, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. It's yeah. very hard not to say sorry to your partner when you don't hit a good yeah. shot. There's so. got to be a deal on the first tee, I reckon. <laughs> We're not saying sorry today. Whenever you play club foursomes or anything, that's your deal. Yeah. We're not saying sorry, just play golf. Yeah, but but the way the the week panned out, it was 4-0 to the US, then it was 5-3 after Friday because yep. the Europeans came back into it. The morning session on the Saturday was split 2-all. Yep. So then it's 7-5 to US going into the afternoon, and then the Europeans came charging, and they won three out of the four, and it's 8-8 going into the singles, and we were set up for an absolute beauty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, after, I want to talk to you about Lexi. And okay. the way she answered the question at the press conference when, you know, she shanked the chip and she, we know that she's got some chipping horrors. I oh. mean, she really does. I don't know what she's going to do. Well, maybe she can do what Victor Hovland's doing. I'll talk to you about what Victor Hovland's doing a little bit later okay. as well. Okay. Maybe she'll go backhanded like Peter Senior and a few others. Maybe. Um, but when Lexi had had that trouble chipping, mm. I thought to myself, maybe you put Lexi out first in the singles. I was the same. Yep. Put yep. her out first. When I saw the team sheet, <laughs> she was last. So what What goes to my head, okay? What happens if Lexi needs to hit a simple chip and a putt to win the lot? On 18, off on a tight 18, lie. Off a tight <laughs> lie. What happens then? It's all over. It's, it's not fair on her. No. So I thought, gee, I was really shocked that America put her out last. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. In the end, she won. What, she win? Two and one. She did. just tied up anyway. It was all yep. done at that stage. She, she played beautifully, by the way. She played really well. And even after that chip shot, you know, the, the basically it was a cold shank is what happened. It but, was as big a shank. Let's, yep. let's, be, let's be real. Mm. That's the biggest shanked chip I've ever seen in my life. It, it didn't go <laughs> off on a 45-degree angle. It was sharper than that. Uh. I'm going to say it went off at a 70-degree angle because the people who were standing next to her, it went behind them. It, it did. didn't. It wasn't the shake that went in front of them, Nick. Yep. It went behind them. The shake was so strong. It, you yeah. couldn't have. You couldn't have shanked it better. So this was on the Friday afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> and and just before that, we're on the par five eighteen. Yeah. She had two beautiful shots, just into the slight upslope of the bunker. It is an awkward lie. There was yeah. a lot of the Bermuda grass behind the ball. That's right. It was one of those smelly lies. Yeah, we we know right. it was a tough lie, but it's just a, before that, Leona Maguire. It's an exquisite chip. It's this little floater, spins, checks, just, just melts into the cup for a birdie. It was Gorgeous. an amazing shot. So Gorgeous. Lexi has to get up and down yeah. to basically stay, I think it was... Well, they have a lead going in to the yes. singles the next day. Correct. Something like that. Yeah. And she does what she does. And I mean, we can talk about it now if you like. So if you, if you, watch, her chip, if, if you watch her chip normally and she hits some chips earlier... Her practice swings are beautiful. You know, lovely mm. rotation. The head stays nice and level. The That's hips it. are turning through the ball. It's the no club's worries. doing the work. But when she gets over the ball, I think she takes a little too long over the ball. That's first yeah. and foremost because you can see her thinking about it. But it's the knee dip and then the head goes backwards. It's the old, I want to get this ball in the air yeah. trick. That and to it. do that off that lie that she had, it was always going to be a hosel rocket. That's right. And, and when you try and, like, off a tight lie, you're just going to bring in the drop kick. It's you're yep. going to drop kick it off a tight lie, but in the hairy lie, so there's a lot of grass around the ball. You bring in the I'm going to catch way too much grass now mm. when your head goes back and your knees dip. But what was interesting and what uh, what happened not long after in the social media world was backlash because 
at the press conference afterwards, mm-hmm. the American team were standing up there and a uh, reporter asked the question of Lexi, can you talk us through the chip? It's a yeah. reasonable question. Dan, I... it's a very reasonable question. You could have laughed it off, you know. I thought it was exactly what needed to happen. They, all as, all as the, um, the interviewer said was, look, you know, we obviously saw what would happen there on 18. Can you just talk us a little bit through the lie, what you had? Things yeah. like very reasonable Simple. question, and she just... Ooh. I'm not going to talk about that no. chip. It was, was it, Words uh, to the effect of, I'm yeah. not talking about that chip. And the, the interviewer kind of went, oh, excuse me? Yeah. Uh, really? You're not going to talk about that? And then she said, well, you know, it was a, it was a lie that was just impossible. Just impossible. <laughs> Trust me. 99% of the pros out there were going, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get it on the green at least. Yeah. And I'll probably maybe get it up and down. Some of them be thinking of holding the shot. Just have to so. get it inside eight feet and you're a chance. Yeah. You know, an eight footer, you can hold eight footers. That's no big deal. She's a good putter. And then the captain, Stacey Lewis, in the background goes, that was a tel- terrible question. And they got that on the mic, which is not a... I mean, she's defending a player, I get that. But uh, it showed... It a wasn't little... a terrible question. No, it was exactly what was required. Okay, and Lexi, could you talk about the third shot at 18? Uh, I'm, there was some question on what you were trying to do and what you actually did do um, on the third shot. Could you just go through it for us? I don't need to comment on that. Excuse me? I don't need to comment on the chip. It was a bad lie, and I didn't hit a good chip, but it was pretty much impossible. So. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, to Amy, and then down front. Lexi's, Lexi's had some issues in the past in front of cameras and in front of reporters. And that was a real opportunity to right all those wrongs. It you know, was. You know, sometimes in life, you can laugh at yourself. And if you can't laugh at yourself after hitting the shank, you, I mean, there's nothing else you can do, Nick. No. You can't you can't take it seriously. If she'd if you done don't a, hit too many of them, you just got to laugh at yourself when you hit a shank. If she'd have done a Victor Hovland and said, I suck at chipping, yep. I think everyone would have gone, Fantastic. That's great. How good's this? That is great. How good. And she could have said, look, these are my demons. These are the issues I'm having. But <laughs> she's not that type of personality to open herself up to the world. Whereas Victor Hovland, he did that. He yeah. said, look, I suck at chipping. I suck. That's exactly, That's exactly what he said. And I'm going to improve it. That's and, right. And he has. And by the way, you couldn't have brought up two better names, Victor Hovland and Lexi, because what I saw during the week... Um, Oh, now I don't know. Was it? I don't know who tweeted it out, but is it Joe Mayo? Is Victor Hovland's short game short coach? Short game. Yeah. There. Now I've I've mentioned this guy's name before on this podcast, Gabriel Herkstead. Mm. I did a top five very early on, and Gabriel is my number two most amazing thing ever seen in golf, and that is because Gabriel Herkstead didn't win once on the US tour; he won twice, and I can <laughs> tell you. This kid couldn't hit the ball. He could. He couldn't hit the ball, and he won twice on the U.S. tour. Such was his short game genius. Yeah. Now, Nick, you might have, you you weren't there when Robert Ellenby first came out, but when Robert Ellenby first came out on tour, he wasn't the best hitter in the world, like he ended up being. Like he was, the, he won the total driving, and he had the stat that everybody mm. wanted, which was closest from two hundred to two hundred twenty-five yards. So he was a complete flusher. The best hitter of all time. But when he first came out, he was the best putter. He was the best putter anyone had ever seen. We're all looking at him going, this is ridiculous how good he is. The short game stuff, he was a freak. Now, he ended up not being the best putter. Well, but, when, it, when I played with him, he held everything yeah. in his short game. It, it looked as though he chunked a lot of things. You know, he kind of came in really steep, which yeah. didn't look great, but it seemed to work for him. It worked a treat. Yep. I mean, his short game was elite, but so was Gabriel. 
and they were both young. You know, they were both 19 or 20 when they turned pro. They both came on the same time, and they used to have a short game competition most weeks, Gabriel and Robert Allenby. I saw one at Royal Melbourne. Now, if, you, if you've never been to Royal Melbourne, one, make sure you get there at some stage, but two, their putting green out the front is one of the best putting greens you'll ever see. It's got an 18-hole putting course, got the whole thing. I, I was doing my putting one morning, must mind have been a Tuesday or Wednesday morning or something, and these two started. I, I saw Gabriel Herxted on that front putting green hole an 80-footer. Now, <laughs> it went over humps, bumps, the whole thing. He put his putter in the air. Robert Allenby was next to go. He held it on top of him. No. The two, I saw it with my <laughs> own eyes. I'm telling you, it was a freak show. Wow. It was a freak show. Yeah. But Gabriel had him in chipping. If you ever got to play, and I got to play with yeah. Gabriel a fair bit. I did too. As a, did as you? A, well, he, he, he and I, we went to a performance camp at the Australian Institute of Sport when right. we were 17. I go. was no good, but he was much better than me. He was yeah. a Swede, yeah. but he grew up here in Australia. That's right. He, mm. His parents came over. Yeah. And, and he, 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 was just, he was a very good scorer. He could yep. get his ball in the hole. And the way I remember him, that's the way I remember him actually chipping because he had this funny head action. That's why he couldn't hit the ball. When he took it away, he had a real strange backswing action. And then he kind of chopped across it. He just knew where it would go. He'd heel cuts all day. And his chipping and putting would, would do the rest. Anyway, he's been chipping. He's been teaching people his chipping method for the last 15 years. Joe Mayo, Victor Hovland's coach, looked at it and said, maybe my guy should try this. Victor Hovland's been doing it. I think in the tweet I saw it on, he's been doing it for the last mm. three or four months. Victor Hovland, when he won those last two weeks, or if you can call the handicap tournament the Tour Championship a win, but I guess we are. He won those last two weeks. He was either number one or number two in scrambling. Now, that is enormous. That is. Now, I showed you this technique. Now, if you if you haven't seen it, get onto our socials. It's going to be on there now. It's going to be on there right now. Yep. But what he does is he gets everybody to set up neutral, so no weight forward. 50-50. Mm -hmm. 50-50. He puts the grip in his groin, basically. Uh, uh, not in his groin, but lined up with the groin. Yep. And then what he does, when he takes it back, he says in this in this clip that he tries to look at the front of the ball. So his head moves miles forward yes. as he's making a backswing. He keeps his head there. And the way he speaks, it's so... You've got to listen to it. It's just so confident. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Golf Coach 101. Say it. Like you're the most confident. This is the answer, and he does. He says it. The answer. So much so, I've been trying it. Of course, I. Have. Of course, of, you of have. course, I have. Yep. Not only have I been trying, I've been showing people it. Mm. And I'm telling you, I think it works. <laughs> I think it works. I think it works. And I think it works on our our fairways more than any other fairways, Nick. Because our cooch, when it's cut so mm. short, it's the hardest. It's the hardest grass to chip off. I saw it, and I I agree that uh, it will work for. A lot of people here in Australia, where you get the firm grass and things like that. I think in the video, he's chipping off a chipping off a putting green as well. If yeah, you notice that, yeah. Just so he could show that he's actually just brushing the grass, which is a really good practice drill, by the way. Chip yeah. off a off a putting green if you <laughs> if your local greenkeeper lets you. Hello, all Greg, yeah. uh, golf course curators. <laughs> I'm not giving you permission. <laughs> Bent towards Nick O'Hearn. Yes, exactly. But right. uh, the thing I'm a little worried about it is, as as you say, what he does, he tries to look at the front of the ball, so the head goes a long way forward, forward. and then he just rotates through, which is good. But yeah. I think for 
a lot of people out there, what they're going to do is the head's going to come back <laughs> yes. to try and lift the ball again. But right? that's, that's good. I'm glad you're saying that. Because so I'm a that, little worried about that. That's that's your years of experience yeah. talking right there. Okay. So if you are trying it, make sure you video yourself. And by yes. the way, the, the, the iPhone or whatever phone you've got, it's the most valuable tool you've got if you half know what you're doing mm. because you can see all these little bits and pieces. So if your head does go forward, what you want to do is you're, you've got to see more of the front of the ball. So you've got to make sure that when you're actually hitting the ball, you're still looking at the front of the ball yes. and not the back of not the ball the again. Because the natural instinct will be to reverse shift and go back and try and lift it and then you chunk it or whatever. But I, I really like what he's done there because it's going to get people to catch the ball first yep. and there'll be a little bit of a, a, a contact with the ground after the ball, which is what he talks about. You and know I what? really like that. Yeah, well, this is the reason I, th- I, I was so excited to show you, <laughs> okay. Nick. Because you like to hit down sharply on the ball, as yeah. I did, as everyone did back in the 90s. That's that's how we were taught, folks. Because I don't think the grass that we've got at the moment was really around. You know, it was a lot of winter grass. Mm. These days, the cooch grass is cut so low that it's actually, it's actually a tough grass. And if the leading edge gets caught, what, half an inch behind the ball, you look like an absolute fool. And then the other one is if you've got if you're using the bounce and you really drop kick it, Ooh. you can really look like a fool also. It just goes right across the green. But when the ball sits on the rye grass in America, for instance, or longer grass, you know, wherever it might be, um Chipping's not a, a hard thing at all mm. when the ball sits up on, on Kaikuya. Kaikuya, that's How what, easy is it to oh, chip off Kaikuya? It's a you, piece of cake. If you can't chip off Kaikuya for everyone out there, sorry, but you do have some issues. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have the, you've got the Lexis. You do. But, you've got the uh, Lexis. Yeah. But anyway, just getting back to the Solheim Cup, it, yep. it was a fantastic final day of singles. And I'll, I'll just go through some of the matches because yeah, I, I think this is, this is worthwhile talking about. The opening match was Megan Kang and Lynn Grant. And Lynn Grant... <sighs> What a superstar I she is. I saw the first shots. I, could, I thought she was getting three wood out. I was talking about could she drive the green. And when she went to three wood, yep. I thought, oh, I wonder where she's going. Straight at it. Straight over the back of the green. <laughs> Too much club. Too much club. Yeah, it was actually a fun opening hole there. Uh, she on... got rolled too, didn't she, Lincoln? She did. Yeah. So she lost one down to Megan Cam. Bit of a surprise there. The next match was a battle of uh, former world number one amateurs. So Leona Maguire was the... Longest reigning world number one amateur yep. until Rose Zhang came along and then she took over. So how many weeks at number world number one did they have oh, the amateurs? Like 500 between them? It was a lot. I know that. Couldn't I don't know. But Leona Gugliar, she played beautifully. Five under in that match and she rolled a four and three. So that was no problem. Daniel Kang, this was a tough one for Charlie Hull. Daniel Kang's a real fighter and had been playing well. Although Charlie Hull, she's a real fighter yeah. too, but she went down there four and three. So Kang won that one. And at this point, it looked as though the U.S. just had the slight edge going going yeah. forward. Anna Norquist uh, had a good win over Jennifer Cupcho. Sorry, didn't. Uh, and and the, the thing about that match was golf wasn't stellar. You yeah. know, I think even par, and she won two and one. Yeah, okay. So, you know, most of the matches, they all played really good golf except nerdy. for a yeah. couple, yeah. The one that which scared me a little bit uh, towards the end was Georgia Hall ended up halving her match with Andrea Lee. Now Hall had a had a lead, and this was at a point where Europe needed a win here. Yeah. They needed a win, and yeah. on the seventeenth hole, Georgia Hall hit a beautiful shot into about ten feet. Andrea Lee was just inside her at eight feet. Yeah. They both missed, but Hall has a three footer coming back, and, and it was a horrible stroke. Yeah, horrible stroke. She was one up at this time. So it uh, went back to level and they squared that yep. match. And the look on Hall's face after that match, she just wanted to j- yeah. dig a hole and jump into no, it, basically. There would have been tears at some stage. It was tough. Um, Cheyenne Knight tied with, yep. um, uh, was all square with, uh, what's her name, Gemma Dryberg. Yep. 
Uh, gave her a generous concession on the last, I thought. Dryberg had about a three-footer coming back, and I thought, hmm, I would have made her putt that, I think, because that half a point, guess what? Was it uh, Jack Nicholas, Tony Jacklin-style uh, generosity? Maybe. Well, Knight had won 15 and 16. She'd been down the whole way. So it was maybe it was a thing of, well, geez, I just feel lucky to have squared, squared this match. So yeah. oh, I don't know if the captain would have been too pleased about that. I just want to dig down um, about what these players experience playing a team event at that level mm. and, and you're the man to ask was how many President's Cups did you get into? I played two. So you tell me what's it like being uh, where, where was your home game? Where was your home game? Montreal the... unfortunately okay. so yeah, it was still in shame. North America. <laughs> okay but you're playing home there tell us about your stomach on the first tee again. Oh, I know you've told it before, but yeah. there'll be people who haven't heard it. And 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 just you know, when it when a game was there to be won, what you felt inside. Well, the thing about uh, team golf is so different because we it's an individual sport, golf. So you just you can usually handle it when you're by yourself and you're playing and you go well. Like you know, if I screw up, that's fine. But in this case, you got eleven yeah. other teammates plus. The captains and all the support yeah. staff and all the international community yeah. going. We want you to win. And here. there's so, never been as many ooh. people barracking for you. Exactly. In here, like mm. it, it, there might be half a dozen normally barracking <laughs> for you at, at a normal tournament, but if you're playing for the Presidents Cup, you've got 50 million people around the world barracking for you. So yeah. exponentially, just goes ballistic yeah. for the support. You ask any of the top tour pros out there, and they will say to you. Ryder Cup pressure, President's Cup pressure, whatever, Solheim Cup pressure is completely different to individual tournament golf, and that's the most nervous anyone's ever mm. been. They, they all say that, and I'm right in that boat because I remember walking onto that first tee in Washington, D.C. in my first President's Cup, and I saw Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, Presidents Bill yeah. Clinton uh, and George Bush Sr., and I just thought, I'm a 33-year-old <laughs> left-hander from Perth. What the hell am I doing here? You know, So... Uh, that that's a pressure that it comes along not very often, and uh, yeah, it was it was a shaking knees day that day, and, yeah. that, and that wasn't much fun. But the team aspect and and what you feel the camaraderie with the players is unlike anything you'll mm. experience unless you do play a team sport at a very high level. And in golf, we don't get to do that very often. But you know the the joy you saw from the Europeans when they retained that cup down the end there that was just something that uh, mm. is so special unfortunately I played in two and President's Cups and, yeah. and we lost both times well, the one in Washington we came close we, we could have won that one but, the, uh, the only time um, we have ever won was mm. at Royal Melbourne what 1997 or 1998 it was 90, one of those 98, 98. yeah 98 yeah. that was one of those you know amazing victories that everyone remember but um, yeah just uh, finishing up on the Solheim Cup there was a a few other matches which were very fascinating. Headwall last five under her last six, sorry, five under her last six holes to win two up over Ali Ewing. Ewing unfortunately hit a horrible bunker shot on eighteen. You talk about bouncing the club into yeah. the sand. Ooh, that yeah. was pretty tough to watch. Yeah. Um, Stark beat Corpus. That was good. Vu defeated Sagstrom. But the the highlight was really Carlotta, and I think it's the highlight of her career. She's had an amazing career as mm. a player. She hasn't won a major. That's the one thing off her resume. She's a very slow player, tough to watch in some regard. I remember she got disqualified or she didn't sign her card about yep. a month or two ago yep. and, uh, for slow play, so she didn't agree with that. But for her to hit that shot into 16, they're all square at this time with Quarter, I think it was, uh, who hit it about eight feet. And uh, Carlotta hits this shot into about two and a half, three feet. Amazing on 16 yep. to win that hole. And then on the next hole to stand up there and to pipe that iron into three feet after... Pedersen basically said to him on 16, look, this is what you wanted. 
you know, this is, it's all on you now. Mm. And she said, yep, this is exactly what I want. I'm going to go take it. And she did. And, and she was, did. I mean, Spanish fans all over the world were just, ole, 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 yeah. ole. Yeah. It was brilliant. No, it was beautiful. A, a Spanish woman doing that in mm. Spain to make sure the cup stayed with Europe was enormous. Let's have a listen to the shot that won it. Well, this is starting on a very aggressive line. Oh, it's a wonderful shot. It's fantastic on home soil for Segunda. And it's a magical moment for Carlotta Segunda. The Sohan Cup will remain in Europe. So congratulations to Europe. Well done. Can they do it again with the Ryder Cup this week? We'll find out soon. I can't wait because even though it's in grand final weeks, you know, the NRL and the AFL grand finals this week, the Ryder Cup does sometimes get lost. One here will not will not get lost on Talk Birdie to me. Hey, OCM, I want to talk about them. And if you don't know who OCM is, it is Ogilvy, Cocking and Mead. They've got their hands on Medina, a really famous golf course, a very, very famous golf course, and the work they have done is just magnificent. I'm going to talk you through it next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course, but as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well, and plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth, or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new, and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where... You need to improve, and this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world, and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes 
not ours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Like the podcast? No, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. I've just shown you the pictures of what OCM, Ogilvy, Cocking and Mead are doing over there at Medina. What hole is it again? It's the number four. It's the fourth hole. Mm-hmm. And what they've done... They've gone back and had a look at the history on the walls, and there's a picture of number four back in whenever it was, probably it looks like 1940s picture or 1950s picture. Open, bunkers, this beautiful green up on a hill. You flick it close to the next one, you can't see anything, and also the bunker's gone, Mm. and it's just overgrown. And then you flick to the next picture, and you see what they have done, and they have brought number four back to life. And what they've done, they've put the bunker in that should never have gone, and they've cut away some of the trees. Now, the reason I'm showing you this and the reason I'm hopefully making people aware, there have been some people on golf club committees in the last 100 years with the best intentions. And they love their golf course. They've got on the committee because they want to do the right thing. But what they do is they overplan. And for some reason, there was this real big push, I reckon, 30, 40 years ago, that planting a 1,000 trees a year was a great thing to do. Sounds good in theory. By the way, so is communism. Sounds great in theory. (laughs) It doesn't work. Holy hell. Right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. (laughs) But um, planting a 1,000 trees, and and normally it gets in between the tree line and the fairway, and then all of a sudden the golf course loses everything, all the design features that, you know, when when you design a golf course and there's not many trees there, you really use the land well. But all of a sudden, when you block up those beautiful views with all the trees, um, it just doesn't look the same. I totally agree with you there because and and the thing you're talking about with committees on golf clubs is when they people do get elected or, or whatever, they want to leave their mark. That's right. They want to they want to leave their mark on the that's golf it. course, that's and it. and that's an issue. They don't have the bigger picture in mind down the track going. What is this really going to look like? And I've seen some horrible things on golf courses. Horrible. Little, little man-made ponds put in where you go, what the heck is that what doing? What is that? There? Yeah, or well, they've taken out you know, yeah. a, a beautiful bunker, as in this case, at, at Medina. I've played Medina at the PGA Championship back in 2006, I think it was. How'd you go? I missed the cut. It was a brutal golf course. Like, really, it was heavy, uh, tree-lined. It's kind of in that picture that you showed me. It's nothing like what it's been restored to back uh, Mm. with with what um, uh, OCM are doing. And finally, I think Jeff Ogilvy played well that week, too. So he knows the golf golf course pretty well. There's a lot of history there. They had the Ryder Cup and everything. So they've had some of the biggest tournaments uh, in in world golf there. But they've done an amazing job. And and all it does, as you said, just look at an old photo. What does it look like there? Take out some of those trees. Those overhanging trees on the corner, they're just horrible. They were horrifying. Uh, Absolutely terrible. And and by the way, I'll just go one step further. There'll be some tees around Australia where you can only use one side of the tee because trees are now overhanging. Uh, golf club committees and every superintendent, just can you just go and just 
either get rid of the tree or get rid of the branches that are in the way. Mm. Because what happens on that tea, Nick? You can tell me right now, there is a wear mark purely on one side because everybody is forced to hit from a one square metre block unless you've got a huge cut or a huge <laughs> hook and you can take advantage of the good side. But just get, just get you've just got to maintain. One of the great things about being on committee is that you have an opportunity to maintain the spirit in which that golf course was mm. designed. And, and that should be your number one goal, to yeah. keep this place looking fantastic. Well, it's all about having that long-term plan in place. And the people that come on, they have to understand what they're trying to achieve. And when you want to make changes... Hi, the experts. It's yeah, like you're yeah, our PGA yeah. local pros, right? You want to? That's right. You want to get a golf lesson? Go to a pro. You don't go to some some person who just saw something on TV. Look for the PGA badge on the front door. It's really important. It You'll is. get the best advice. Phone's just gone off, guys. Got a voicemail coming. Do you want to have a listen to it? Yeah, let's go, please. You have one new voicemail. New message. Hey, Nick and Mark. Uh, it's Jamie from down in Tassie here. Um, with the Ryder Cup coming up shortly, I just thought. Um, would I ask you guys who you'd pick if we could have an all-Australian-type team in a Ryder Cup kind of setup? All right, thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Righto. So are we are we going back in history to make it interesting, or are we going current? I oh, think we've got to go back I think we go back. Yeah, I think yeah. we go back in history, Nick. For Good. sure. Righto. Who's down, who, oh. who, so we've got to pick 12. Oh, the, we've got to pick 12. We've got to pick, the pens and notepads are out. We've got to pick 12. Okay. Well, I know who's the top of the list, Peter Thompson. Tomo, number yeah. one. Done. Got to have the shark on there. Sharky's number two. Okay. That, that, that's two very simple ones. Steve Elkington has got to be there. Mm-hmm. How many times did he win the Players' Championship? Did he win it once or twice in the PGA? That's a good question. I have to look that up. Adam Scott, you win the Masters, you're playing for Australia. Very true. Oh, no. Who else we got? IBF, got to put Finchie in there, yeah, I think. Finchie's got to be in there. He's one of the best putters in the world. You need yep. good putters on a yep. this format. Uh, Wayne Grady. Oh yes, he gets a he gets a Guernsey. Grades. He mightn't be up there at number six or seven, Bulldog. but he's definitely in there. Mm. Pete Payne Stewart. Uh, uh, yeah, Payne Stewart. Payne Stewart turned up in the uh, green and gold colours of an NFL team back in those days. Oh yeah, back in those days. So who was it? it must have been the, the Cheeseheads or who? Who are they? Oh yeah, the Green Bay Packers. The green Bay Packers. That's right. So he's turned up because Payne Stewart had a, a deal back then with that, the NFL. With the NFL, and he would wear the colours of NFL teams. And he wore amazing. Deal. And he wore the plus fours too. That, that yeah. was his style. So he's turned up on day four. And he's got the green and gold on. And Wade Grady's just looking over there going, oh, this has got to be my day. He's wearing my colours. Fantastic. So Grades go. is in. Paz, Paz would be a great one. Pa, pa, Paz is in there. I, I think if you get into the top 10 all-time money winners on the mm. PGA Tour, that's a, a big yes. And I've got two, Allenby and Appleby. Okay. They both got into the top 10. Okay. Like that? Well, pretty close to it. Yeah. I have right. to agree with you there. Okay, um, we are going back in time here, so that's uh, that's nine. We need three more. Three more. Well, I think we need some. Uh, what about David Graham, mate? David oh, Graham won hello. two majors. Excuse me, the PGA and a U.S. Open. What are we thinking? Yep, beat Ben Crenshaw in the playoff in that PGA, mm. and then shot one of the greatest ever rounds in history at that U.S. Open. Uh, hit missed the first fairway by an inch, and then hit every other fairway and every other green. Shot three under, something like that. Yep. Four under. I'd say we've got to put Ogilvy in there, Jeff. Jeff's US Open. Yep. Jeff's Great match play. He won the world match play several times. He beat me then. Yep. Son of a... Anyway. And you know what? <laughs> you get to number 16 in the world. No. You're getting in this team. Yes. You're in the yes. team. You're in. Well... 100%.
when it comes to the singles, we know who I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the team. Put yourself in there. Go and read yeah. them out. Tomo, Shark, Elkington, Scott, IBF Grades, Paz, Allenby, Appleby. David Graham. David Graham and Nick oh, no, Ogilvy. Should not be in there. Ogilvy's in there as Ogilvy's well. Ogilvy's in there as well. Yeah, yes. Ogilvy's in there as well. Well done. Sorry yeah. to the current crop of players uh, like uh, Minwoo Lee and Lee, Lee, uh, Lucas Herbert. <laughs> and I'm going to put um, Von Nider as the captain. Ah, love it. Norman yeah. Von, Nider, Von Nider, captain of the Australian team. Beautiful. I'm, right. I'm sure we missed a bunch there, but I'm, and, and <laughs> apologies. apologies. <laughs> yes, we'll sub them in. <laughs> if you want to leave a voicemail, please feel free to do it. Uh, talkbirdytome.com.au, just like whoever that guy was. Yeah. Just like was it Jay? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we heard the voicemail one time. I can't remember. Is it Jakey? It was Jay, I thought. Jay? Hang on, hang on. I love that. Mm. Hey, Nick and Mark. Uh, it's Jamie from down here. Jamie. 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 Oh, Jamie. Jamie. I didn't hear Jamie. Okay. So if people want to leave a voicemail like good old Jamie did, great question, Jamie. In fact, that's the best question we've had on voicemail. Uh, that's the, the well, the most, the funnest question anyway. If you want to leave a question like Jamie did, how do they do it? Really easy. Go to talkbirdytome.com.au. There's a little button there that says, click here to record a message, Nick and Mark, and you do it. So that, that sounds reasonably easy. It is time for the Ping Global Results. Did you see what Minji Lee did? I did. I, I only well, just saw it before. I didn't see it. I heard about it. Tell me. She got in a playoff, missed a two and a half footer for the win. Oh, and and no. the two and a half, it did not even hit the hole. Oof. I want to ask you about this. That's tough. She ended up losing the playoff. Yep. All right. Uh, that, Korean LPGA. That's man. it. She ended up losing the playoff. But what they did in Korea, I like. I like the silliness of it. Is that because you want to play the last hole in a playoff all the time because that's where the grandstands are and that's yeah. where the corporates are and that's everything. What did they do? They moved the hole. What? So let's say the pin was back left. Yep. Right? So that's where the 72 holes were played. I think they, well, I didn't see where, where they put it out in 72, but they changed the hole for the playoff. They cut a new hole. And then when the first time it was after Minji missed the putt, they had to go back. They came <laughs> in and cut another hole. Wow. So they're not actually playing the same hole. They're playing the same hole, but not to, to the same hole. That's fascinating. I give them big points for trying something. It's all about, I mean, I don't mind you trying. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Fine. Yeah. But very good. Well done. I like that. Something very different. Okay. What else you got for me? Uh, okay. Ping Global Results. So we obviously gone through the Solheim Cup, yep. which is you know, named after Carsten Solheim, the Ping founder. Who won, uh, who won it uh, in France? Uh, Rio Hisatsune. No, not, not Japan. Who won in France? Rio Hisatsune. Are you kidding me? 21-year-old rookie. Remember, he finished He's second at the Australian PGA Championship oh, here kidding. last year. Yeah, good on you. He's a star. So on the DP World Tour, French Open. He becomes the third Japanese winner on the DP World Tour. Can you guess the other two? This is a big... Japanese. All right. Yes. There's only two who have won twice on the European Tour. Okay. Two other times. Not two other times that a Japanese player has won. Okay. Uh, do I have to go a long way back? For one of them. Um, uh, Sayo Aoki? Yeah, he's, he's an obvious choice. Yep, yes. Aoki. Yes. Uh, Jumbo didn't play over there. No, no. Uh, I'm going to say Ryo Ishikawa. Close. Uh, Hideki. 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 Okay. So anyway, Hisatsune becomes the third Japanese winner. Our own Minwoo Lee was there, but finished well back in the field. Tied for 64th on Live Golf Chicago was the big event. Bryson. Uh, just finished. Bryson DeChambeau had a one-shot win over Le Andrew Lahiri. And also Mark Leishman 
Had a great final round. Did he? Leash, yeah. Shot 65 in the final round to uh, take home some big bickies there. The, crush, the Crushers won. The Crushers I'm won. Not, I'm not sure what that means, but the Crushers won. How about our boys? The Australian uh, team. Ripper was seventh. Um, Jed Jeez. Morgan, he yeah. got off to a flyer. He was leading after the first round, yeah. and he needs to play some good yeah, golf. He Otherwise, he's not. Guess what? He's not coming back he's next cool. season, but he finished tied 37th. He fell away for the remaining three rounds. Probably still made $3 million. Well done. <laughs> he did okay. A great result on the Corn Ferry Tour for Curtis Luck, who they were playing at the... He's Ohio, playing well, Curtis Luck. Ohio State University Golf Club. I've played this golf course. It's unbelievable. The Scarlet Course. It yeah. is. It's, do you know who it's designed by? Uh, I bet it was Jack Nicholas. Alistair McKenzie. Alistair McKenzie! I, honestly, it was, yeah. It Are was you kidding me? Amazing. Yeah, that's so, where Jack went to school. Uh, he's from that area. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, Curtis has actually won here before, and this is all part of the final series. See, uh, there's one more week to go. All these players, they were playing for top 75, gets you into the Tour Championship, mm. and then from that, the top 30 get cards on the PGA Tour. So Curtis Lark had a great final round. The course was playing really tough. He shot 66, moved up from about wow. 20th to 2nd. Wow. He moves from 61 to 47 on the rankings. The other guys, Brett Druitt, Rain Gibson, and Dimmy. They're kind of sliding back as they go. They were on the bubble too. Well, Druitt and Gibson have been in the top 30 the whole season, basically. Now they're outside the top 30, so they're going to have to have a really good finish there. Um, And and Dimmy, how how are the biceps looking? They're huge, glistening biceps. He looks magnificent, that boy. Unfortunately, he missed the cut, uh, which is a tough one. On the Asian Tour, uh, Travis Smythe had a really good result. Finished second there in the Yangda TPC tournament in Chinese Taipei right, yeah. and the winner Pum Sak Sun Sin oh, I'm glad you said that I would, and no wine well, I would have got a hate mail if I had to say that name he, he, had, a, he had a three shot win a couple other good results for the Aussies Doug Klein top 10 and Jack Thompson tied for 25th um, these ping global results actually are really taken off they are. People love them. Yes. Not necessarily me, but people love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more on the Champions Tour. They were playing at Pebble Beach and Spyglass. How's that for two oh, golf courses good. you want to play? Yeah, yeah. good. Um, Tong Chai JD, the Thai golfer, he defeated Justin Leonard in a playoff. He's always up there. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Yeah. Really nice guy too. Uh, amongst the Australasians, Steve Olker tied fifth and Rob Pampling tied for 11th. The best. Uh, on the camps. Epsom Tour, Robin Choi had a really good result, Eey. tied for second. That gets her. She's getting closer to that card. There's only two events left on the Epsom Tour, the Come race on, for the Robin. card. Come on. She's currently around 13th on the money list, needs top 10 in, in that mm. regard. So uh, a lot to play for in the final events for all Australians around the world. Right, time for some feedback, Dan. What do you got for us? Plenty of feedback this week. So last week you guys talked about a, you had a half-form top five and you asked for people to finish it off for you. So we're going to get to that later on, but we've got lots of people who've, who've uh, come in with uh, top five Well, that was the hug, hugs. The hugs. So we'll yeah, get okay. to that later on in the top five. So a lot of feedback there. Good. Also, uh, this week, some constructive criticism. Oh, good. Yeah. I like constructive okay. criticism. So wax, in yeah. other words. As long no, as it's about No, no, Nick. it's not a whack at all, actually. No? It's constructive okay. criticism. That's good. So first of all, a couple of comments on uh, your masterclass last week, Mark, where you were talking about how not to slice the ball. Smokey Dawson has said, your deck needs a polish. <laughs> hey, my deck. Just leave my deck out of all conversations, okay. please. That's it's the last thing my deck needs. Okay. I like my deck just the way it is. What, what, wasn't there a good New Zealand commercial about that? Yes, there was. Yeah. Okay. We won't talk about the deck again, except for Mark Holland, who said, don't apologise for your attire, Marco. Apologise for your deck. Any chance of some yeah, oil? I did notice a lot of people having a crack at my deck. Yeah, mm. there's a couple here. We'll, we'll leave the rest of those ones. Oh, so. no. oh. um, also, uh, you were talking the other day about 
uh, or last week about poor behaviour from pros. Yeah. Chris has said, here's one you missed. Sergio dummy spit in the bunker, hitting the sand hard. Also, Rory throwing his iron into the lake. Yeah, that was a good one. At Alan Palmer's event. Mm. I reckon he got about 90 metres on that three iron. It was, it was <laughs> well and truly launched into that pond. It's a hell of a throw. Yeah, it was good. Someone's pumping up your tyres here, Mark. Uh, this is a bloke called Marcus. Any relation? No. Okay. No. I'm Love not. the podcast. Mark, thanks for the little chipping lesson in Victoria you gave me on the practice chipping area last week. Ah, I good. always thought my short game was reasonably good, but the lesson you gave me in being more connected in my chipping action has helped me become more consistent. I've also taken this principle with success into other parts of my game. Love it. Can you believe you get the head tilt I tell you how this thing, that was before that. I would have, I would have taught him that <laughs> this week. What's his name again? Marcus. You're not going to believe this. I was playing at the Victoria Golf Club. You know, when you walk from the ninth to the tenth hole, Anyway, I really need to go to the loo. Mm. Like, desperately need to go to the loo. So I've just walked in the trees. I'm sorry, ladies, but I just had a little pee. That's what you trees, do on a right? golf course. Anyway, so I've come out, and there's a guy chipping there. He's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, yeah, I hope I've done the wrong thing here. I, you know, I've, I've tried to hide. He goes, hey, love the podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm feeling really guilty, you know? Yeah. I'm feeling really guilty about what he's just seen me do. So I've walked over and gone, how's your chipping? And I've given him, because oh, of my guilt, I've, I've given him a, a, a chipping lesson anyway. How he he listens to the podcast, so that's great. My father sent me a message about your tip last week about straightening out the fades, right? Remember with the grip and the oh, turning the hands, hands over? Yeah, yeah, I'm going back. So he actually sent me a message saying, that actually worked. Why didn't you tell me this sooner? <laughs> that actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, so, he's your own dad, Nick. Uh, How do you help your dad out? Well, he normally hits it just dead straight with a little draw. Does he obviously he? Oh, got okay. the fades of late, but okay. still playing well, though. He's still off a nine handicap. How old is he? He is, uh, sorry, is he off a nine or an eight? He is 81, so he's got to shoot his age. I don't care what he's off. That's crazy. At 81, you're still walking yeah. a golf course, and he's off single figures He's well. off single figures. Yeah, he's so nine he handicap. He's got to shoot his age. So how often does he shoot his age a year? Oh, he does it fairly often. <laughs> just, said, yeah, it's I frightening. Think, I think, now I want to ask you. That would be my goal. I think shooting your age is better than having a hole in one. That's, I, what, I, that's yeah. what I think. Well, there's a lot more skill involved. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And you're still around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. You've still got to be here. Yeah. But what if you're playing a, the, the golf course and you're 113? If you can shoot 113 and you're 113, that's better than a yep, hole-in-one. For right. sure. Yeah. Fair point, fair point. Yep. Bahama Golf Pro, uh, who says, by the way, he's an Aussie playing golf in the Bahamas. So yeah, he is there. That's right. Which nice. is, that sounds like the yeah. life right there, doesn't it? I follow him on Twitter. He's good. Yeah. He said, question for you boys. With the Ryder Cup on, what are your thoughts on a regular internationals v. Europe match? Here are my thoughts. And I, I, and I have completely plagiarised this idea from Frank Nobolo. Okay. The greatest idea ever, and it'll, it will never happen. But it is the greatest idea ever. So what he said, Frank Nobolo, in a, if we started again today at the Ryder Cup, you would have the Ryder Cup being the number one. But the President's Cup would be the qualifier for the Ryder Cup. So for oh. instance, so for instance, this year, like the, what we're about to see, America plays Europe. Let's say America beats Europe um, over there. Where are they playing? In, in, in Rome. Italy. Mm. In Rome. What would then happen? Europe drops back and plays us in the President's Cup. I see. We beat Europe next year in the President's Cup, the internationals, and guess what? We then challenge America, America. in the Ryder <laughs> Cup. 
How good is that? How good a system would that be? It'll never happen because Americans yeah. won't let that happen. No, but, no. but that would be one of the greatest ever things for world golf. So a promotion relegation type system. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. Mm. It would be sensational, but it won't happen. Finally, some constructive criticism. Now, this is from a bloke called... I'm going to give you some context about this guy because I, I had a look at his profile. Dr. John Oliver Dunn. Right. Now, he's a anaesthetist at yeah. uh, Royal Alfred in Melbourne. Hang on a second. You still get the doctor in front of you, just an anaesthetist? Are you kidding me? Well, Come on. he's a specialist cardiac oh, anaesthetist. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's different. I think the, they're the ones that keep you alive. So at, at the important. Royal Melbourne Hospital as well. He's also a member of the MCC and Kingston Heath. Yeah, okay. So he knows his stuff. He's a doctor. Also says, ownophile. I don't know what that even means. But the point making... The rumour file. No, no, ownophile. 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 Yeah, that's a... I'll look it up. Okay. Keep, keep going. You look it up. Anyway, here's what he said. He's talking about how uh, your favourite guy from Texas Tech, Ludwig. Ludwig. Who I have not said his surname for reasons that will become obvious. Aberg. He's saying, Ludwig, Aberg, yes. which is what we're saying. Yeah. You're saying his name incorrectly. And he's linked us to a thing called SwedishMadeEasy.com. Oh, nice. The A sounds like the O in Thor. Oh. So Ludwig, Aberg, should be pronounced Ludwig Orberg, I think is what he's saying. Okay, Orberg. so the reason he said that is Ludwig because Orberg. last week I said the guy announcing him to the T got it wrong. But he got because it right. He said he, maybe he got it right. Well, hang on. I'm not. He, he okay. might be a doctor, okay. but I'm not sure he knows everything. Well, he's an onophile, which is a connoisseur of wine, so I think he does know everything. <laughs> <laughs> what I will do is I will call my friend Steve Long, who is the short game coach at Texas Tech, and I will find out. Okay. What Ludwig calls himself. So go, I, go to the source. So I think Aberg. I think that uh, John, Doctor John, is saying it's pronounced Ludwig Orberg. Orberg. Okay. I think that's like what he's saying. Thorbjorn Olsen. So mm-hmm. can you clarify that next week? Yep. I'll call Steve. Steve Long used to be a member of Kingsnaith, by the way. So John, I'm going. To, I'm going to one of our guys. Yeah. I'm nice. going to one of our guys. That's it for the feedback. Aside from. The top five suggestions. Okay, it's time for the top five. So last week, what, now you we got three. Yeah, you guys had three. There, you were talking about the greatest hugs mm. ever. And what Why were, the were three? we talking about hugs for? I can't remember. Uh, because Minwoo hugged Ryan Fox that's after right. winning the B- BMW PGA that's, Championship. That's right. So he got into number five. Yes. And what Who were the else? other ones you mentioned? You, mo- you guys mentioned another couple. Uh, Craig. Craig Spence hugging Greg Norman. Yes. And there was one other. Greg Norman hugging Nick, Nick Faldo at That's the Masters. It. That's it. I've got another one, by the way. But okay. I, I think we forgot Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholas Jr. Oh, when yes. Jack walked off the 18th at Augusta in 86. Love it. Well, looking at these suggestions, it's going to be a very hard one to narrow into a five. Okay. okay. Well, let, let's let's, we let's work one more. this out. Here's some of the suggestions. Rob has said, what about Tiger and Earl at the Masters? Father Sam. Yes. That's a biggie. Beautiful. That's a biggie. I, I didn't mind his little boy Charlie when he won it recently. The last time Tiger won it, he gave Charlie a big hug, and that mm. looked, that looked pretty special. Uh, Brad has also agreed with Rob. He said, 97 Masters, Tiger and Earl. Fair. Yep. Cameron has said, hey, guys, fantastic podcast. Keep up the great work. Regarding the top five embraces in golf, I can't believe the Seve Faldo embrace after the Ryder Cup wasn't the first one mentioned. Truly emotional. Well, it's funny. I saw that one. I thought it looked a bit awkward, to be honest. I thought, you know, I didn't think it was. Mm. I can't remember. It was was great because you'd never think that these two would ever hug. Yeah. 
Not sure. So it was good, of... but it was still an awkward looking hug. <laughs> okay, I don't think. I don't. I, just not judging. I don't think Feldo's a hugger. <laughs> just, just having a look at it. Just not judging when it sounds like you just judged. Okay, sorry. Uh, Cameron also says, "Hey, by the way, Marco, thanks for z- suggesting the Seve Doco. It's yeah, a great watch. It is. Good. It's very good." Wayne has said, "What about when Craig Parry chipped in in the '98 Presidents Cup? Got a massive hug and a high five from Muriyama. Mm. Oh, that was that a was good a, one. Yeah, we talked about that Presidents Cup earlier. I think Muriyama actually ju- had he no feet on his, the ground. Jumped into his he arms. He was hugging Parry, and his feet weren't actually touching the ground. He was like a little yeah. kid on on Paz. On, on that regard, I remember Ricky Fowler winning the Players Championship, and I think his girlfriend at the time just yeah. came a flying leap straight at him. Yeah, in his that's arms. true. Yeah, that's true. And the final one that someone has suggested uh, is from Oliver Gribble, and Oliver has said." Best Hugs Top 5 nominee, Payne Stewart hugging Phil on 18 at Pinehurst 99. Yeah, that was a good one. That was, that good. was a good. He one. sort of held his face in his hands saying, you're going to be a you're father. So I think he wanted to be US Open, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your Top 5 going to be? Okay, oh, let's work through this. Uh, I think Jack and Jack Jr. have got to mm, be in there. they got to be in there, yep. I think Craig Spence Norman. And, and, and Norman have got to be in there because we, we have an Australian lean. Um, Norman Faldo. Norman what Faldo what do you think? has to be. Well, we've got an Australian lean here, so yeah. absolutely. That Payne Stewart film was pretty emotional. It was. Norman yeah. Faldo. Uh, who else we got in there? Perry, uh, Perry Muriyama. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like you've knocked out uh, the Seve Faldo one. What about Tiger and Earl? I think, I think Min, oh. Woo, Min Woo and Foxy have Ti- been knocked out. Tiger and Earl. And Tiger yeah. and Earl. Yeah, it's got to be in there. All right. So yeah. I've, got, I've got Tiger and Earl. Perry Muriyama, Norman Feldo, Australian lean. Craig Spence, Norman, mm-hmm. Australian lean. But I think the greatest ever is Jack and Jack yep. Jr. That was a good one. At 86. That was Nothing like father and son. In fact, I reckon that one started hugging in golf. That was the first. That was the forerunner of great hugs in the world. It's time for the Masterclass. Who's doing it this week? I've got it. Okay. Yes. Uh, you did last week on the grip. Yes, changed my father's life apparently. That's so great. well done. <laughs> this one's. I'm, a- I'm glad someone can help you, <laughs> yeah. Mr. O'Hearn. This one's about uh, Lexi's chip shot in the Solheim Cup. It was well, the, the, the yeah. shank shot basically yeah. off yeah. the off the side hill lie, but her action in general is is pretty 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 uh, pretty bad. Horrifying to watch. Yeah, that might be. Sorry, sorry to say it, but uh, yeah, it's not great. And the knees and the, the well, head and everything moving. That's it, what I was going to ask you. Mm. There'll be people out there who know they're bad chippers. Yes. And they'll be feeling stuff. What, what's the telltale signs that people feel when they've got the Lexis? Yeah. The telltale signs are, the Lexis. number one, <laughs> who came up with a new term? I like it. Got the Lexis. They take too long over the ball. Yes. Number one. They're yes. staring at the ball for too long. I'm a big believer in looking up at your target, bringing your eyes back to the ball, and reacting. There's tick, number one tick, for you. A little bit of it's in the setup. Now, her, her setup does look good. And, look, you can talk about having your weight left or 50-50, whatever it is, but the, the key with it all is to – and if you watch people with their chipping – sorry, their practice uh, swings when they're having, mm. a, having a chip shot is they always look good. Yep. Because they're pretending as though there's no ball there, and what they're doing is they're actually swinging through the ball. So they're actually swinging out to their target. They're not worried about hitting at the ball. People who struggle, like mm. Lexi does, is she swings at the ball. She doesn't swing through the ball, yeah. which then makes her knees dip, her head go backwards, 
and all of a sudden the momentum of the club head just doing the work and swinging through to the target is completely lost. So I'll do a bit of a video, post it on the socials about how to swing through the ball, a little drill with that as well. But to your point, I think a while back you were talking about connection going through. Well, yep. That's really important where the arms or the hips are all working together. We yep. don't want too much knee action. That's a real key. Just more rotating the hips through the ball. The hands and the arms, I like mm. to say, along for the ride. Yeah, I think that's great. I was told once, and I think this is what you're talking about, that there is no hit in putting and there's no hit in chipping. Mm. And what you're saying there when you just – when you have the practice swings, it all seems easy because you're not actually hit exactly. in fresh air. Yep. You're just letting the club – flow through yeah. the hitting area and then magically if you do that the ball will bounce off the club mm. and you don't have to hit the ball yeah a little bit of that has to do with the rhythm as well if you mm. take it back slow you tend to speed up on the way through and mm. then that's when that hit comes as you're talking about and all the momentum is lost yeah do you reckon with uh, Lexi's press conference meltdown? It wasn't really meltdown. It was yeah. a bit of a snap. Yeah, yeah. Snap, snap. Press oh. conference snap. Is there a top five in that? Top five press conference snaps? Ooh, would there be enough? Well, well, yeah, I think there would be. There'd be stacks. Be Greg some... Norman might fill three of those spots. <laughs> 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 well, I'll tell you, well, we could make this. Why don't we make it a team effort again? Well, let's put it out in our socials. Press conference snaps Meltdowns. that you can remember in golf. Pretty mm. rare, but they'll be there. Help us out. And uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's get this top five going ourselves. There was a press conference snap yesterday uh, with uh, Eddie Jones from the Wallabies when they got oh, smashed in the Rugby mm, World Cup. So we're not going to talk about that. But before we go, I yeah. need to get your tips on the NRL and AFL grand finals. Grand final week. Okay. Right. Well, I, I think Queensland are going to win one grand final. So let's hope it's the Broncos because I want the mighty Magpies yeah. to win on Saturday. Yeah, I'm the same. I'd love to see the Magpies win, but geez, the Panthers. What are they going for? Three Pete. Three Pete. Yeah, I think they're going to be too good. So, so your uh, your Magpies Panthers, Magpies Panthers for three me. Three beat. That's a three yep. beat. Yes. Yeah. Your Magpies Broncos. I want to give Queensland something because you can't take what <laughs> what the Pies want to win. And by the way, the Gold Coast um, won the VFL Premiership. They did. They beat Werribee. They beat Werribee. They so, could get the trifecta of the. Yeah. Oh my God! They might get all three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They could. Yeah. Oh well. Fantastic. Right. Um, I'll see you next week with the Ryder Cup special. See you, folks. Thanks, guys. Well, that's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new clubs, whether you're a male or a female, Ping are the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out with a fitting. If you can, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen and tell a friend about it. Word of mouth is the best recommendation. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. 
That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.